Welcome to Milkman Sports, delivered fresh daily with your hosts, Casey Avila and Derek DeRuder. Welcome back to Milkman Sports, everyone. My name is Casey, and I'm here with G Money. And we are here to talk about the post-Monday night football uh, game. And we're going to go over the waiver wire this week. We're going to highlight some of the top players, every position that you should be looking at. I'd say it's overall not a super popular week on the waiver wire. A couple guys that you could throw a dart at, but nothing that really looks like it's going to win your league. Um, Before we jump into reviewing the Monday night game, though, Garrett, how's it going, man? Hey, it's going. Um, first weekend of footballs in the books. Um, some interesting things happened this weekend, but uh, take everything with a grain of salt and rock and roll to the next weekend. I'm upset that my Raiders lost, but we only lost by a couple of points and Derek Carr played terrible. So um, there's hope there still. And, you know, the Broncos got shit on tonight. So that's <laughs> even better. Right. Yeah, that was definitely surprising. I guess we can just kind of lead in with that. And yeah, we were all kind of saying that the Broncos should smash the Seattle Seahawks. This ended up being a Seahawks 17 to 16 win. Um, I Maybe the fact that they played at home, they got the 12s behind them. They're super motivated to beat Russ Wilson tonight. But geez, 12 man, is Gino greater Smith, than three. I guess. <laughs> Geno Smith, man, he started at least 13 for 13 to start the game. He ends up 23 of 28 for 195, two touchdowns. He did run the ball a couple times, didn't really do much with it. Uh, what did you what did you think of his performance tonight? He kind of looked like he could be a maybe a QB2 in definitely. super flex leagues based off of, yeah, based off of tonight. Yeah, definitely has some QB2 value there. Uh, and um, I thought it was funny. Did you see the meme of, Russ sitting on the sideline, um, kind of looking upset, like, or looking to the side, like, where the hell did he learn how to do that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, on Geno Smith's first touchdown pass to, I believe it was Will Disley. Yeah, two tight um, ends, so RIP to everyone in the offense. Yeah, right. Metcalf didn't score, Lockett didn't score, uh, Rashad Penny didn't score. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, that first touchdown that he threw to Will Disley, I was like, dang, man. Geno Smith looked like Russell Wilson on that play. Kind of escaped a couple hits and then Stepped made it up. look like he was going to run past the line of scrimmage. The defender jumps up or, you know, starts running towards him to hit him. And then he just lofts one right over the top of his head to the guy he was supposed to be covering. So that was, uh, that was very cool Russell esque there. Yeah. yeah. That was fun. Well, Gino was his backup for a couple of years. So he's seen him do it in practices and games. Um, yeah. Metcalf, you mentioned already, like he was the, you know, he didn't. He had seven targets, caught all seven of them, only 36 yards, and he fumbled. So I'm looking at uh, – actually, I need to pull up a different link here so I can get the more appropriate scoring. Um, yeah, I had him listed for 8.6 points tonight in our listener league. Yeah, So volumes there, but, I mean, 36 yards is like nothing. That means all of his receptions were at the line of scrimmage-ish. Right. If you're going to catch seven passes and then you, you don't have many yards, if you score a touchdown, you know, just the seven catches and then another six points for your touchdown, that's 13 right there. Like that's already like, okay, like I can take this as like a, like a bad flex day if that's what you're going to do. Um, but then you tack on the yards and all of a sudden you're sitting at like almost, you know, sometimes 18 points on a day like this. 
um, yeah, the fact that he didn't score sucks. But I did like to see the target numbers. Tyler Lockett was the one I was more concerned about. Three catches on four targets for 28 yards. It was a close game, so you know you kind of get to see what's your offensive game plan. What are you going to do? They didn't have to. The Seahawks didn't have to chase points or anything here. They actually stayed ahead pretty much the entire game. But you look at it, and Geno Smith threw 28 pass attempts. That would normally finish like towards the bottom in the league of pass attempts, especially by a winning team, probably, unless they were just blowing them out of the water. So, yeah, I, I think that the indications from this is that it's going to be like a more run-heavy team. You know, Rashad Penny, he ends up touching the ball 14 times. Travis Homer only once. So yeah, and I, as I'm looking at it, I'm like, where did these carries even go? <laughs> yeah, I uh, think I saw the stat line of like there's only four possessions or something like that in the first half for Seattle. It was like one, two of them were a touchdown, one was a turnover on downs, and um, one was a punt. So it's kind of crazy. Like they're like you said, it just goes back to they're gonna run the run the ball. Um, not going to be a whole lot of offensive opportunity. Yeah. You you can continue to expect that. So we still are going to play Metcalf more, more often than not just where, where you drafted him until this shakes out. They are playing San Francisco. Um, Generally a tough defense, hard to judge their game against the bears the other day when it was raining so bad, but um, Metcalf next week, probably wide receiver three, you know, high in flex and then lock it. He, I didn't like what I saw here too. He's more like low in flex or, you know, wide receiver. That's right there on your bench, possibly coming in in case of an injury. Yeah, I agree. It's hard to trust those two. Uh, I know that Geno Smith did technically win this game with their two touchdowns, but it was to the tight end. So I think we'll see some progression. Um, of these guys, you know, with their yardage in the coming weeks, but it's still kind of, kind of scary because I don't see Geno Smith throwing more than um, 195 yards very often. It, like that's probably going to be like probably the median, right? He might throw for 220, 230 more times than he's going to throw for like 300. Right. And something that was weird out of this game, too, we talked about how he threw the touchdowns to the tight ends. Noah Fant was not one of those guys. It was Will Disley and uh, Col- Colby. Colby. I, was, I almost called him Cody. I was, it's Colby Parkinson. But everyone kind of finished with a similar stat line, two, three catches apiece. Disley and Parkinson each had 43 yards. Fant only had 16, I guess. Um, I don't know, man. Like Fant, you're probably getting as a late tight end too right now. I'd be dropping him because I don't. I think this looks like a tight end by committee type situation. Yeah, that's filthy <laughs> for Noah Fant to yeah. go from that situation to this. Oh man, um, R.I.P. Dog, but um, not yeah, losterable look- unless it- it's like unless you're playing Dynasty or something crazy, right? I'm looking at Denver's side of the ball over here. Russell Wilson did not have a terrible day. He 29 to 42 goes for 340 yards. A touchdown. It touchdown was um, over 50 yards. There's some leagues that do a small bonus for that. So it was a big touchdown to Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy looked like the clear, like better receiver tonight over Cortland Sutton. They both, you know, they both were fine. Sutton finishes uh, seven targets, four catches, 72 yards. Judy has the same amount of targets, same amount of catches, you know, seven and four, but then he goes for one Oh two in the touchdown. What I saw from Judy tonight, I think he gets a little bit of a bump. 
And Sutton, if this is going to be what he does on a bad week, you know, in PPR, that's still over 11 points. Um, I think better days are ahead. I think Seattle just was extra motivated for some reason tonight. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I I would have liked to see Corbin Sutton do a little bit more and get that touchdown a little salty that Jerry Judy was able to break away. But that's <laughs> <laughs> all good. That's all good. Yeah, um, I think that uh, like they'll end up getting a, probably a few more targets per game even. Like they could both go up as early as next week. There's some, there, you know, like I'm looking here at uh, Javante Williams. He had 12 targets, caught 11 of them for 65. He also fumbled once and then had seven carries for 43 yards. He's not going to get 12 targets every week. That's not happening. Like, I no, think that was just because there was they an extension threw to him of like the run. Four times on the last drive. Yeah, like it's, the, you know, he's going to, if they're playing down, it'll be good for him. Right. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think that, uh, like seven carries for 43 yards. Like he should have better days with that. He saved his day with the, the catching and, you know, 65 receiving yards, 43 rushing yards. But if, especially if you're in PPR leagues that 11 catches really, he put, puts at almost 20 points for him. Melvin Gordon though, ends up with 12 carries versus Williams is seven. He had 58 rush yards with that. So he didn't do too bad. Um, only catches two passes, but he alongside Javante Williams, also fumbled. They both fumbled at the one yard line, yeah. which apparently like hasn't happened in a game since like 1987, which was a strike year. So, um, that's yeah, that wild was, stuff. That's, that's where Denver, you know, they're, they're at the one yard line twice and they fumble and lose it both times. Like they could have very easily won this game. That's like very fluky. So I'm not really down on them. They looked good tonight for all intents and purposes. Um, I think you can keep firing Williams up as like a, if even if he loses five targets, RB2. yeah, even if he loses five targets, you know, he's probably going to gain that back in carries. So, yeah, I'd call him like a like a strong RB2, high end RB2. Gordon had some nice usage though here, too. So, uh, he looks like he could be a viable flex. He was on the goal line there, too. So, he might have a chance to get a touchdown every now and then. Yeah, kind of a touchdown dependent flex guy out there. Um, so things I was disappointed in was. Uh, KJ Hamler only getting one target. None of the other receivers did. So I, I think Hamler was playing enough, but they played with a lot of extra tight ends today, but they were using a couple of them. And it doesn't seem like Albert O's got this you know, tight end one job all to himself. I think that they're going to continue to use a little committee here. Andrew Beck ended up with two catches on three targets for 52. Albert O has uh, six targets, catches five of them, but only for 33. So uh, I don't know. It's good that he has the receptions, so maybe uh, down near the goal line, um, kind of be like a Dawson Knox, maybe. Right, yeah, I, I could see that. All right, well, um, let's uh, go ahead and jump into our waiver wire. Before uh, we do that, this. let's make fun of Brandon McManus for missing a 64-yarder. Well, okay. And let's make the, fun of the Broncos. The Broncos, <laughs> like, what were they doing? They were going to go for it. They still had two timeouts. They didn't God. have to go much... Peyton Manning was trying to call timeout through the TV for for the Broncos. Yeah, I uh, I, I don't know what was going on there. Like it was just like, yo, well, go out there, get the first down, and you know if you get the first down, you've got two timeouts. Use one of them on, you know, to burn the clock if you get the first down, and then use your next one after you've attempted whatever play you want to get in better field goal position. Yeah, uh, you just spent all that money on Russell Wilson and 
<laughs> for that to happen, I'm just like, whoa, that's wild. But anyways, what we yes. got next? Um, so we've got the waiver wire. So we're going to just go ahead and start with quarterbacks. We'll then do running backs, receivers, tight ends, kicker defense. I don't know if there's much to say about kickers, but we'll talk to, talk to you about some d- ideal uh, defenses you could stream. But let's start with the quarterbacks. And there was a couple that stood out this week, like Carson Wentz, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston. These are guys that are all probably sitting on your waiver wire. Um, there's a chance maybe Matt Ryan's out there. He didn't have the best game, but I think better days are ahead for him. Um, let's talk about these three that finished in the top 12, though. I think they all finished in the t- yeah, I think they all finished in the top 12, right? Is that what we said the other night, me and Red? Uh, between Jameis Winston, Carson Wentz, and Marcus Mariota, which one of those qu- quarterbacks are you picking up for this this upcoming week? I'd be going after Jameis Winston just because of uh, I like the offense there a little bit better. Um, and then you said Carson Wentz and Marcus? Yeah, so... Yeah, so that, would be my, mind- that would be my order. One, two, three. If you're if you're streaming quarterbacks, then I think Carson Wentz is your guy this week because they're playing at Detroit. That's a good point. And the, and then you have Jameis Winston. They're playing Tampa Bay. That's going to be a tough matchup. And then Mariota's playing the Rams, which should be a tough a tough matchup too. Their defense. I know they lost either day, but their defense played good for uh, for the most of that game. They just the Rams still kept turning the ball over. So Carson Wentz though playing Detroit. Detroit just gave up 38 points to Philly. Carson Wentz is coming off of a big game. If he's got a bad defense to play this upcoming week, then he would be the one that I'm picking up. Yeah, I I really like that that pickup. And then he has Philly and Dallas right after that. So um definitely has a couple of decent matchups. Who do you uh who do you who would you rather have? Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota? Keep in mind the, the opponent. Um, for this next week, Jameis Winston versus Tampa, Tampa Marcus Mariota at Los Angeles Rams. See, this is going to be a hard one and I'm going to take Jameis, but, um, the Rams are going to come back with a vengeance next week. I think a a little fluky, um, and that defense is better than what they played. So I'm not buying this Atlanta offense too, too much. Um, so I think Marcus Mariota could be in for a rough day there. I would say that for this week only, I'd probably take Mariota over Winston just because I think Tampa's defense is legit. They just shut the Cowboys out. The Cowboys got it. I know their offensive line's a little banged up right now, but they've got playmakers. Um, I'm looking at Mariota. The rushing upside is probably the only reason why I'm I'm giving him a little bump over Winston. I'll say this, though. I, I'm I'm way higher on Jameis Winston over the course of the season than I am Marcus Mariota over the course of the season. So if you're looking for a quarterback to hit your wagon to potentially, I would say take Winston. If you're just kind of deciding between a couple of these guys this week, Mariota is one I think that uh, because of the rushing upside could give you a little bump. Yeah. Um, and the only reason you're going to be picking up one of these guys is if you're streaming or if you lost like Dak Prescott or something like that. Um, don't be chasing anybody's weeks um, unnecessarily unless you like have an injury to someone and need to pick someone up or streaming. Right. I guess just uh, while we're talking about Dak's injury real fast too, 
Um, you only need to pick up Cooper Rush if you're in like super flex or strict two quarterback leagues. He should not have any real value in redraft leagues. There'll be just much higher upside options in one quarterback leagues than Cooper Rush, right? Yeah, CD Lamb's trying to hit the transfer portal ASAP, but uh, <laughs> no, there's not one in the NFL. All right. Um, okay, so let's get to the running backs, and we have a couple that stick out. Jeff Wilson from the 49ers, because Elijah Mitchell, as of today, looks like he's going to be out for, they said, eight weeks. That is too much the season. You know, it's over half your fantasy football season, so um, – consider him out until further notice jeff wilson though he's uh got seattle this upcoming week they are playing at home khalil herbert had a little role there in chicago and again in a rainy game you know who knows what could have been they're at green bay Dontrell hilliard he is uh, the backup for tennessee that scored twice this week they're at buffalo so that's not a really good matchup uh, rex burkhead seemed to play a little more in that backfield in houston than damian pierce did they're at denver um, you could take a stab at like one of the Eagles backs, Kenneth Gainwell or Boston Scott. They're playing Minnesota. And then Jalen Warren from Pittsburgh. If you're worried that uh, Najee Harris's injury is going to linger, it looks like it's going to be fine. Um, they said he should be fine for week two. Again, the injury report comes out Wednesday. We'll have more information by then. But between all these guys, I don't really like just about any of them other than maybe Wilson. And even Wilson, I'm not as crazy about as people would probably think. They're going to probably do something very committee-based there. So um, I, I would expect to see who's their undrafted guy, Jordan Mason, I believe. Um, they've still got their rookie, uh, Davis Price, who was inactive this last week. There's a chance we see a little bit of all of them. But Jeff Wilson, if you are going to take a stab at a running back, he's probably the one. I would agree with that just because of um, he's been here in the offense. So he might have some flex appeal, but nothing that's too, too sexy. I wouldn't say anything that's higher than like RB3 just because of committee. Um, I think Kyle Shanahan will lean towards that way. If we move down or to some other guys, um, I, know I honestly Red. don't really like – I don't like a lot of the matchups this week either. Like Khalil Herbert probably is the one that has one of the best chances to carve out a role. They're playing at Green Bay. I guess they have Houston the following week and then at the New York Giants. Um, Giants actually played okay this week, but long term, I'm not sure if I believe that they're going to keep that up. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, I see Herbert kind of looks like probably number two on this list. I think Hilliard's just an anomaly. I don't think that's going to yeah, happen very agreed. often. Be one of the Big best anomaly. games of his career. Jalen Warren, um, you know, we said early on that he is the RB2 there. So if this foot injury or whatever it is with Najee Harris does linger, Jalen Warren is a good, good flyer out there. I'd say um, don't overpay for him because he's still – likely not playing this week based off of the right. recent reports so you know if you want to go th depending on how your waivers are go put a claim in on him or if you're bidding bid, bid low um because he's probably not gonna he's probably not gonna be the guy this week it looks like Najee's still around i think if you you know if you want like someone with an immediate role right now you need to plug somebody in today it's rex burkhead you know they got they're they're playing at denver we saw how they did tonight they they were not bad, but they did give up some big runs to uh, Rashad Penny. So there's a chance that 
Burkhead could get away. Then we have Chicago against Chicago and the Chargers. Again, Chicago is just kind of up in the air. I don't really know how I feel about them yet with that rainy game. It's just hard to – I feel like that just really muddies things, no pun intended, um, <laughs> on just how – like what, what their offense is truly going to look like. And then at the Chargers or, or they're at home against the Chargers. We'll see. I think on the Eagles – uh, running backs too. You can you can skip them. If for some reason Daryl Henderson is available out there, which he should not be, but if he somehow is available, he's your number one running back. He's he's someone that should be at the top of your waiver list. Yes, I agree. Um, looking down this list here, yeah, I don't really see anybody else um that I'd be interested in taking. I'm not too big on Rex Burkhead. If you need to take him because you have some injuries, go for it. But he's not sexy, and you're going to be disappointed more weeks than you are uh, happy about it. So, Right. Well, let's get to the receivers then. Um, I feel like we kind of went over all the running backs that are probably sitting out there. Um, I see on this list DJ Chark, Jarvis Landry, Josh Palmer from the Chargers. Uh, I guess let's let's start from the top and, and mention the matchups too. So DJ Chark's at home against Washington. Jarvis Landry's at home against Tampa Bay. Josh Palmer of the Chargers is at Kansas City. Jahan Dotson of the Commanders is at Detroit. Curtis Samuel, same team, Detroit. He's playing at Detroit. Robbie Anderson is someone who's sitting out there in a lot of leagues. He's got the Giants next. A uh, couple other random names that could be out there. Sterling Shepard, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Traylon Burks. Um, I would say that there's definitely a better group of receivers to bid on this week than running backs. Jarvis Landry is certainly at the top of the list for me. He was a PPR machine. And I think that's something that we could end up seeing over the course of the season. What do you think? Yeah, I liked Jarvis Landry. And kind of one of the reasons why I was leaning towards Jameis earlier is he just has some of these guys um, in the offense that I like between Jarvis Landry, Mike Thomas being back, um, Chris Olave in the offense and then, you know, having the stud Alvin Kamara. But um, I really like uh, DJ Chark. That was one guy that I expected to kind of reemerge um, and show his presence here in Detroit. And it was pretty nice to see him kind of have a decent day still. Um, can't remember. He, he finished behind St. Brown, right? I believe he finished behind St. Brown, at least in PPR leagues. Um, but they were both, I believe, uh, in the top 20 receivers, right? Let me, I'm yeah. a, I'll pull it up right now. Yes, they were. Where was They're the, the receiver? I see Amara at uh, 14 and Chark was at 24. Yes. So against yeah. Washington, yeah, Washington, they. They were okay in week but one. I also I don't want to sleep on Curtis Samuel. I think that's another good PPR flex play um, down there. Between uh, between he and Dotson, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of have a feeling that Samuel's going to end up becoming the more de facto number two, and Dotson's just going to kind of get his shots as the season goes along. Um, I don't know if Washington will be able to to support three receivers unless it's a bad matchup like this week is. So Dotson, you could, if, if you're able to get him, you could pick him up and he's maybe eligible to play as a low end flex. 
But I think I'd rather throw Curtis Samuel out there if I'm being honest. I think that he was like he was targeted like very I'm I'm trying to pull his numbers up right here. He was he, he was up there on the target basically of target share. And he ran yeah, here we 87% go. Yeah. routes. 11 targets, caught eight, caught eight of them. And then he had the four carries was the other thing, is that they were using him even on the ground. So he's the guy that I would I'd be I just feel like he has in. more upside kind of or like a maybe a higher floor, I should say. He has a higher so, floor every week. And let, Dawson's going to have your higher ceiling. So Landry or Samuel? Jarvis Landry or Curtis Samuel? Jarvis Landry. Um yeah, he's the he's the one who's done it before. He's on a new team with a new quarterback. We're a little nervous, but now I think we see it. So yeah. we should be in good shape. Yeah, we Rob, know what we're getting there. Where does Robbie Anderson fit on this list for you? Because I I mean, <sighs> I said it, I liked him. I know I'm like one of the only guys going into the season that was. And he's got the Giants in his next matchup. Uh, uh, I think that's theoretically on paper not a bad not a bad matchup. Right. Um I want to be in on Robbie Anderson. I, I really do. Uh, a lot of his yards came from that one long 75-yard bomb touchdown. So I'm not quite sure. Um, he did run a lot of routes, though. So that was – that's good for, you know, him <laughs> in terms of receivers running routes, right? So um, I'm not sure what his target share was. I like him. But I like a couple of these other guys a little bit more, uh, Chark, Landry, and Samuel. Yeah, he was he, he was in on a hundred percent of snaps, eight targets, caught five of them for one hundred two in the touchdown. Even though like he's not going to average twenty yards a catch very often, the eight targets is encouraging. I'm still probably putting him below Jarvis Landry, like between he and Curtis Samuel is like what I'm considering, and I'd probably even take Samuel over Anderson at this point. Um, so those would be my top three, and then I suppose you can have Dotson in there. Josh Palmer's on this list. I'm not buying that because DeAndre Carter was the one who came in, and <laughs> yeah, that was... I'm not sure if it, it could even end up being somebody else. So I'm not buying any tr uh, third receiver for the Chargers this I week. I feel like it's been like that for the Chargers for the last couple of years. We just never know who that third receiver is going to be, and it's always someone else kind of week to week. Right, and unfortunately, Mike Williams did not take advantage of Keenan Allen being out for the rest of the game. He didn't really do almost anything, but this week, assuming Keenan Allen's out, I would expect that to change. So, Mike Put Williams... Put some respect on my Raiders defense. Yeah, well, they, <laughs> they, they kept him in, in check for the most part. So, are you um, on DJ Chark then? Because you didn't mention him. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I mentioned him. I'm probably even having him below Robbie Anderson, though. It's Like I said, it's a group a good group this year or this week, excuse me. Um, and then I, you know, Sterling Shepard, he would be behind them. Donovan Peoples Jones. These are like someone that I probably am not putting in a claim for, but if they go unclaimed and I miss out on one of these other receivers and they're somehow still sitting out there, I'd scoop them up like that. Yep. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get to the tight ends and um, some of the players that, are going to be high on a waiver orders this week in the tight end position. Gerald Everett, he's playing the Giants next. We have Hayden Hurst playing the Dolphins. Um, I would say that's probably it. Like maybe Tyler Conklin. Like uh, I don't no. really see almost anybody. If I would Tenyon's say out there maybe. 
Gerald Everett is a there's a chance he's out there on waivers. In a lot of the leagues that I play in, he's not because I've got him. I'm a big Gerald Everett guy. So yeah. Uh, I would say that if you're in my league, you're probably not getting him. <laughs> but um, he says here that he's only 27% rostered, so you should have a, looks like, three and four chance of him being available in free agency. So he's the only tight end. I'd rather have him than Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst is not... I just don't really see the upside there. I'm trying to remember. Didn't he finish like right around tight end uh, as a tight end? He was number 13. Yeah, there he is. Eight targets, five catches, 46 yards. I think a lot of that had to do with maybe T. Higgins coming out. What do you think? Yeah. Um, One other one I think you guys mentioned the other night is Taysom Hill. Oh, duh. Taysom Hill's on your waiver wire. Go add that MFR now. Yeah, I I forgot. He's not on this list for some reason. Maybe uh, they just... Don't have yeah. a set of tight end for some reason, but yeah, Taysom Hill would be someone like if you want more consistency, Gerald Everett. But if you want some of that like real upside, and I talked about him again because he he doesn't just catch passes as a tight end; he catches passes as a receiver. He catches them out of the backfield. He runs the ball. Sometimes he passes the ball. So if he happens to get a passing touchdown, like there in a in a really shallow tight end class that's been this way for the last feels like three years now (laughs) probably (laughs) yeah but especially the last couple uh yeah Taysom Hill is is a good gamble so if you're looking for a tight end I think it's between if I had to rank between Everett Hurst and Hill how would you rank them I would rank them Hill at number one Everett at two and Hurst at three. Hurst um, is definitely three for me, but there's a league where I have Everett and Taysom Hill, and I think I played Everett this week. So I feel like my heart's or my head's telling me Everett, and it's my heart telling me Taysom Hill, probably just because he's so he's so fun. But he is productive. Um, the the way he, he I think he scored like on a ten yard run, but he had like a fifty some yard run or forty some yard run right before that. So you can't say, well, he just ran, he just scored on a big run. Like he had a big run and then he scored after that. So it wasn't fluky. He's always been that kind of player. I'm gonna say you want to swing for the fences. It's Taysom Hill, but if you want a steady tight end option potentially throughout the season, especially because now we got a Keenan Allen injury in LA. Gerald Everett might be the guy. He scored a touchdown this week too, so I like him. Yeah. With the Keenan Allen injury, it makes Gerald Everett a little bit more sexy. Um and we all know that you love Gerald Everett from your Rams days, so take a homer on that one. Well, he was with the Seahawks last year and now he's with the Chargers. He's not really a you know very recent Ram. But um, but he was there for I four just, years. So yeah, I, I think mean... it was. It's just like yeah, I had a chance to really get a close look at him for four years as a fan, and I just think he's got like that. He's he's basically like an ideal, like slot receiver, tight end type. But he's not as good on the blocking. He's still adequate. He's fine. It's just not somewhere where he really like sticks out in my opinion. It's because he's on the lighter side. So you like but... a crappy Darren Waller. I wouldn't call him crappy, but if you want to the you know diet Darren Waller or something like that, sure, yeah, I give him that. <laughs> um, all right, well, I guess is there any? Well, let's talk defenses real quick because yeah, like people... we're not even we're not even going to talk kickers. So with yeah. kickers, just um, stream your kicker. Like go find. I, a kicker I would say 
I, I know that some people are going to still want to use the Chiefs kicker because uh, he's the Chiefs kicker. They're going to have scoring opportunities. He rolled the fuck out of his ankle in that last game. He came back to kick, and it was fine, but I'm not dealing. There's too many good kickers out there for me to be hanging on to a potentially injured kicker, so he's someone that I'd let go. I doubt he's going to get scooped up by someone else in your league, and if they do, who cares? It's a kicker. So we're not even going to go over kickers. Just look for look for one that fits. And, uh, yeah, defenses. So let me jump over to week two real fast so I get this a little more accurate. Uh, defenses that stick out to me. I'm not even looking at our list anymore. I'm just kind of looking on, on sleeper mm -hmm. and looking at opponents here. Um, so the Rams playing against the, the Falcons. They're at home against the Falcons. So that could be a, a good one. They're uh, they're probably not sitting out there in free agency. There's because they won the Super Bowl. There's a chance they may not be out there, but they're a good play this week. The Broncos playing Houston. They're at home against Houston. I'm sure they're going to want to bounce back from the loss this week. Um, Houston doesn't have to bounce back from the loss because they tied. <laughs> <laughs> um, Denver though, they may not be bad. Um, I would say Green Bay against Chicago. They're at home against Chicago. Usually Green Bay's had their number. I'd be playing them if they were somehow sitting in there, sitting out there in free agency. Excuse me. Um, you got any defenses that stick out to you here? Um, let's see. Through the, the list. The Steelers um, against the Patriots, like they might be missing TJ Watt. And the Steelers are probably owned because they're known for having a good defense, but that's not a bad matchup because the offense for the Patriots does not look great. Um, the Cleveland Browns against the Jets, that's probably like one of my big streamers of the week. Like they're certainly sitting out there in free agency, most likely. Yes, I agree. That was the team that I was going to bring up was the Browns against the Jets. Um, the Steelers against New England is just interesting because that offense just looks bad. And even without tj watt like the defense is still really good out there um so i could, I could see see some good defensive but honestly defense is like too freaking hit and miss like you're gonna have a good defense just blow up and it's gonna be 45 yeah, like to Steelers. 45. Uh, God. Yeah, the Steelers were one of the highest scoring teams in their entire league this week. Actually, like in the listener league. I'm pulling the, the sheet up right here. Where are they? Yeah, oh, 27 I'm points. I'm looking at the wrong week. Yeah, they were, I think, in the top like 12 or 15. Yeah, they were number 15. They were the 15th highest scoring you know, Jeez. player, team, whatever, um, in our league this year. Yeah. You know, they outscored guys like uh seven you know, Robbie. I'm Anderson. sorry. Four interceptions, seven sacks, two forced fumbles, a touchdown and a blocked kick. <laughs> yeah, that, they that was a good defense, eh? So um if the Bengals are somehow available in your league, they are the team that plays Dallas first without Dak Prescott. So that's the one of the things I usually look at too is who's playing uh, their backup quarterbacks and what defense is playing there against them. And so as far as I can tell right now, this is the only injured quarterback that really affects things. So um, if you have a chance to pick up the Bengals, this would be a good week to do it. Um, I'm still not a believer in the Giants. So the Panthers, I guess, could be on that list. But the Giants did play decent last week. So I don't think that's a slam dunk. I wouldn't be streaming the Giants. I would not be streaming the Patriots. No, um, I wouldn't be streaming 
the Panthers probably. There's no. There's got to be something better. <laughs> well, the Dolphins, they had a really good week this past week. They were the number two defense special teams, but they're at Baltimore, probably avoiding them. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the Bills are playing the Titans. I'd fire them up. The Chargers were number four this week. They're at Kansas City. They're playing Thursday night football. Avoid that at all costs. Tampa's playing the Saints. They should have that's a slam dunk. Baltimore versus Miami. I don't know. Miami looked good this last week, so I'm not counting them in or counting them out for for that. Yeah, other than that, like every defense is about the same. So if you're looking for a couple of sleepers at the defensive position, what do we say? The Browns are probably number one. Yeah. They're playing the Jets. The Browns. Um, Pittsburgh is decent. Uh, I would say like the Browns, the Browns, the Bengals are like the two that like definitely stick out to me. If the Packers could get it together because they own the Bears, that could be a good defense. But yeah, us like I said, it's any given day on Sunday. So even if you have the best defense in the league, like sometimes they have clunkers, and yeah, that happens. Right well, we on. said, fuck the kickers, so... Yeah, we're not talking kickers, you know. Uh, we'll bring it up maybe during the week if there's something real significant with one of these kickers. Otherwise, just look for an offense. Look for one that's not playing in bad weather. I suppose we'll bring that up during the week, but we're not going to preview kickers. It's just too volatile. You just don't know. Even good kickers just don't get their opportunities some days, and bad kickers have the days of their lives, so... All yeah. right. Well, that's uh, that's your waiver wire episode, guys. We will be back at it again tomorrow. Um, I think that we'll do like what the first preview of week one, something like that. Week the first preview of, week of two. Of, yeah, the week of week two. Man, I can't talk straight. I'm, <laughs> I'm like sleep deprived. Yeah, so we'll get that <laughs> Thursday night game, Chargers and Chiefs, and we'll jump into some of the morning games. Word. All right, guys, hit us up on social media if you need any help uh, with your fantasy teams this week. Otherwise, just keep keep coming back here. Um, I think we're going to start posting articles on our website soon, maybe as early as this week. Maybe start pumping out like some actual ranking, like a ranking list for you guys to go off of. Um, we'll hopefully start doing like waiver wire stuff too that you can just kind of go read on the website if you just want something lined up um, in front of you while you're making your claims and everything. So be on the lookout for that. Um, otherwise, um, we'll be back tomorrow with another episode. So until then, peace out. All right. Oh, wait, you got to drink your milk too. Drink your milk, drink your beer, drink whatever's in your cup. And now you can peace out. Slam it. <laughs> All right. All right. Peace.